Grandpa walks down there. I'm just watching this dumbfounded. Sticks two beautiful rainbows, brings them back. They cut them up, cook them, and we have breakfast there for about an hour. And then we take off, and I don't say anything the whole time. I'm like, did that really? Like, how how beautifully zen is that? You're going down the road at 60, and you look, and you see a little little cut bank and a rock and, and you know, some oxygen bubbles. And you think, pull over, there's two trout right there. So I thought, okay, okay, this is beautiful. That was River Horse sharing a lasting memory from his childhood. River Horse brings some more love today on the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. Hey, how's it going today? Thank you for stopping by the Fly Fishing Show. Please take a quick moment, if you can, and share this episode if you get a chance. Uh, You might be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, one of the podcasting apps, but there should be a way to uh, click share uh, down on the bottom. Just uh, share it out with one or two other people this week and help this uh, this beautiful thing we have going uh, get out to more people. Thanks in advance if you had a chance to do that today. Riverhorse shares some insight into what he's been working on lately with Patagonia. Uh, he's got some good stuff going there. He talks about uh, what projects he's also been working on uh, that are coming up here soon. And a huge project that is going to take him off the grid uh, in, the, in the not too distant future. So excited to hear about that one. Uh, this episode is sponsored by SaveTheBoundaryWaters.org. If you want to preserve one of the great wilderness areas in the country, head over to wetflyswing.com slash boundary and, uh, and support this movement. This is a great chance to uh, protect protect what one of the great um, wilderness areas in the country. I think it's uh, like a million acres of habitat and uh, beautiful land that uh, I actually haven't been there, yet, but uh, I'm planning. That's uh, hopefully one of the, the next big road trips we do. So uh, head over there uh, again, that's save the boundary waters dot uh, Either one will get you there. So without further ado, here is river horse Nakadate. This is Dave uh, back again here uh, with river horse again uh, for the second episode uh, on the podcast. How's it going river horse? Best day ever. Life is beautiful. Good to catch you, buddy. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's been, uh, I don't even know the date. I know it was episode 80. We're on episode, this is going to be like 266 or something like that. So it's been it's been a few years since we've talked. It seems like we were talking about making this trip down to Texas, which I haven't been able to put together yet. But um, but yeah, man, what, what's, what's going on? Give me an update. Oh my gosh. Between catching a few fish, I got a million projects going on. So it's hard to even describe them all there's so many of them keep it busy that's awesome you know that i'm still working on that patagonia film that we shot with tony check up in swedish lapland and um it's two guys you know when you watch those movies you see like a thousand guys listed that produced and directed the movie and it's so just tony and i making this film and i forget how many hours of footage we have but Seems like this stuff takes a million years. Same with that Northern Light film. It was just the two of us. But we're working on that, and I got a lot of words written, and that's going to you know, come out at some point soon. I mean, that Patagonia support is just freaking life-changing, huh. amazing, putting those guys behind us. But that'll be cool. What is the difference on the Patagonia? I'm curious, because you've been working, I guess, with them for a little while. What's the difference between working with Patagonia and then just doing something else on your own or without them? 
so the whole goal is to make change for the good in this world. And, you know, you got a group like Patagonia behind you who has those, those great morals and ethics. And anytime I do a project with them, and whether it's a story or a film, um, especially when Global gets behind it, it goes out to millions of people. Mm -hmm. And there's just, you know, power to the people, that strength in numbers. So whether beforehand I used to just write pieces for like Fly Fish Journal and stuff, which you're talking like, an awesome 10,000, whatever, but to reach millions of people with an issue like the Boundary Waters or something is, is I mean, what can you say about wow. that? That's just powerful, powerful territory. Plus those guys, whether it's the gear or, or funding for it, um, I think someday I'll do a better job of being a business, kind of the business aspect of this because I've never, I've never made a penny on all these. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't, you know, that's not what we do. I don't care about that stuff. But, you know, it's funny to me. But when I do call those guys or email, like, I need help with this or that, they, they come right out. And there we are. So. Ah, that's so cool. Yeah. So, Pat. And it still it amazes me. Who was I listening to recently? Um, oh, again, I'm a podcasting uh, kind of freak, but I found a new podcast. You know, John Stewart. You remember The Daily Show, right? Back in the back of the day, John Stewart. Well, he's got a new podcast. And, uh, and he was talking about, I don't know, some company, um, you know, that was, it was just some, it was something about like these companies, how they're not in it for the people or the environment, right? I mean, they're in it for making profit for their, you know, and, and Patagonia is different. I mean, why does, just give me that, maybe we've talked about this before, but how is it that Patagonia seems like the only company out there that's leading on this? Are there, are there others you know of that are kind of, that, that are big like them? I think so, for sure. I mean, not offhand, I can't name any, but. You know, especially even here in Texas, what's going on politically, um, there's things about women's rights and gender and stuff that's been really heartbreaking to me. And I'm all for equality and people having uh, strength and the ability to do what they want to do in life. That's why we're in this awesome country. So um, Patagonia doesn't have a problem standing up for any of the rights and for the environment. And I think it just comes down to Chouinard, you know, he, they changed their whole motto to we're in business to save the planet. I mean, that's, you couldn't be more clear. And on the, that ambassador gig, that team, I mean, that's what they turn us loose to do. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm all in on that. I was born to do that. So, and, and you, and you first connected to Patagonia through, was it the Fly Fish Journal when you were writing there? I think those guys had followed me for years. We're just on the tours we did. You saw one of those writers events and supported us and, Chris Gaja that was there, he, we had talked for years about, you know, finally teaming up. And, well, it, it took a while, but, but once you get there to have that support, it's unbelievable. Did you see that, um, even that piece we did where I went undercover on the, the border with the Texas game wardens? Oh, and we no, I missed that. No. No, it's on there, and it's called The Darkest Web, if you get on Patagonia. Went undercover with the Texas game wardens, and they let me in there. And um, these groups, even the cartels, are, are finning hundreds and hundreds of sharks over a course of days oh, and wow. years. And that's the the apex predator. So that just ruins the whole food chain. Jeez. So I told Patagonia, "Hey, I'm gonna go undercover down there." And they're like, "Well, what what's gonna happen?" I said, "Well, it sounds like there's gonna be machine guns and." 
boat chases and all kinds of action and I'm bringing Tony to photograph and I'm going to expose this. And they didn't hesitate. They said, okay, be careful. Wow. <laughs> you know, and, even, and so I don't know how many Patagonia pieces have been published with guns in them, but <laughs> I'm anti, anti-gum, you know, I don't, I'm just anti any type of violence. So for me, it was pretty just shocking territory too, but you, that's, you got to roll up your sleeves to do that heavy work and, you should read it. Those pictures have been there. And um, so it's the darkest web on Patagonia. And, and okay. of course, Steve, Steve Duda, who was editor of Flyfish Journal, did an awesome job of like helping me shape that piece. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Duda, what, what now? What's he, what's his, uh, is he with uh, Patagonia now? So he's an editor down at Patagonia oh, in charge amazing. of just writing and content. So amazing. It's just cool. Our, you know, our little fly fishing community is just such a small world. I know it's great. Yeah, it's 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 really cool. The more you get into it, the more you you love it. So okay, yeah. So this is this is good. We're kind of bringing it back. Well, before we get too far into this, I want to touch on the boundary waters because you also did a piece up there. Um, you know, a, a little story. Can you uh, talk a little bit about maybe give us an update on the boundary? We haven't even talked about it yet. I mean, obviously it's been a big issue, but but give us an update. Uh, maybe tell us. Well, before we get to the update, because I know there's good news here. Um, talk about the boundary waters. I mean, your experience with it and and what it means to you and why it's so important. So that's an area of over a million acres of wilderness, and it's for all of us. It's public land, and um, I think 20% of the fresh water in the entire national forest system is up there. And there's no homes, no electricity, no lights. I mean, you're flat out in true wilderness, which in this day and age, you think of how rare and how few are those places of that just raw, pristine beauty that's free to all of us as, as American citizens. So it's up there and all this water's interconnected and I had wanted to go there for years. And I drove up there from Texas, just a nice little 20 some hour drive <laughs> and had maps. And my dream from all the you know US geological maps I look at was to find this 500 foot cliff on the edge of Canada border with the waterfall and I just wanted to make my way all the way to it and I did it and found tons of smallmouth bass and cut through it and on the way out I met Tony Chuck he saw me in a field you know drying out my gear and just happy as could be and I was like wow I know you work from Red Bull and all these great things and um, I said hey let's team up and save this place and for those who don't know um, you know there is some copper there and and uh, mm-hmm. it's a great that's a great mineral and we need those things. Um, but there's a mining company in Chile that's this billionaire guy who's got a track record of of mining disasters and already had court cases. And oh, wow. anyway, they 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 got during the former presidency. And I don't I'm not you know I don't care about Republicans Democrats. I care about doing the right thing. And ultimately, I, I think all of them are are awful, but we try to pick the lesser of those evils and, and just pull together. Anyway, they approved, they went beyond the, above the EPA and Clean Water Act and everything and said, oh yeah, sure, come from Chile, put a mine there, a toxic sulfuric acid mine. And then even the mining, the guy from Chile admitted that they were going to send the, all the materials to Russia and China and not us, and the profits would go back to him. And I was like, is this? You know, so when I caught wind of that, I said, I love that area so much. And for my 
just trips alone up there. I said, hey, Tony, let's, let's make a movie here. I know we can do this. And we were going to do it on our own. And then I just called Patagonia and boom, those guys were all about it. So that film came out. It's called A Northern Light. Mm-hmm. And shoot, that thing was just on public television oh, wow. last week. No kidding. So, like I said, like if I wasn't with those guys, those things wouldn't be happening. Like there wouldn't be that widespread awareness. Yeah. So. That's so cool. Uh, which is cool because I grew up watching that, you know. Yeah, that's right. How, how did that feel when you actually watched it on public television, you know, <laughs> seeing your own thing on public television? Well, I'd rather not watch me. I mean, I want to do the work and, and I just, that's fine. But knowing it was on there, what was cool was there's a 60 second commercial that they used all week for all the films. And they used my voiceover from oh, the cool. films for the commercial. And I thought, oh, no, that's cool. Yeah. Like, it is. You know, that's powerful and to be able to keep doing stuff like that and tell these stories. So, but anyway, with the Boundary Waters, uh, just yesterday we got incredible news that the current administration said, hey, we're going to take a look at this. We're going to do the actual scientific um, process behind it. And I think 80 some percent of people are against that, that have even talked about it anyway. So, I think we're going to win this. I predicted it all along that at some point everybody realized this is just terrible decision after decision. And um, I don't know for sure what it's like. And I mean, I know you're on the West Coast, but what is more valuable in this world than water, than fresh, clean water? We're hearing about all these droughts and fires. And if we've got all that precious water up there, like 20% <laughs> in the whole U.S. force system, is that where we dump, right. you know, talk Sulfuric acid? Absolutely not. No. That's unacceptable. So no. um, now more than ever, those areas are precious. So yeah, no, I hear you. That, that's uh, yeah, that's crazy. Twenty. I mean, the numbers are staggering. You know, the I think you, like you said, one million acres, which is probably I think the only bigger thing than that is like the um, the Salmon River wilderness, right? I think that might be two million in the lower forty-eight. But I mean, there's that, and then there's like eleven hundred bodies of water. It's all these. I haven't been there, and I'm hoping to, you know, it's another one of those places. I have a good friend, uh, Jitesh. Uh, shout out to Jitesh, who always used to tell me about going up there with his mom. Even though when he moved out, he would go back to the Boundary Waters every year and have this experience out in his in his canoe. And, you know, it just sounds pretty, I mean, pretty amazing. For you, I mean, what was it like putting that trip together? I mean, was it easy for you just to be like, well, I'm going to grab my canoe and just, can anybody go there and do this pretty easy, make a trip there? For sure, and there's outfitters, and you know that such up up there, but that's not really my style. Um, I'd rather be in the dirt and my own ass on the line, you mm-hmm. know, and just pull those maps together. And I have no, no problem doing that. I've done it my whole life, whether it was chasing waves in Africa or Mozambique or whatever. I think you just, we're just here for a short time, and you just go. You get that gear together and. Even when I go in, I just try to be tactical and that um, some of those deeper, like a couple weeks in or, or longer, 20 days or more, I'm just bringing tons of protein bars and, and ground coffee and just water filters and easy stuff. But I just, something's wrong with me in the way I'm wired. Like <laughs> I, I live for that every second of the day. Like I want to go back into those woods and, and be there and disappear. So. No, it was no problem. I, mean, I just hopped in the truck and fired up there with the canoe. 
What's your, you know, you've got these projects you do when you're not doing these projects. I mean, what are you doing uh, when you come back to the, re- to the real world? Are you just kind of writing and working on your stuff and then, then waiting for your next trip? Yeah, I mean, I just keep rolling. But like Texas has 300 miles of barrier islands and salt marshes. Oh, yeah. Bass lakes and Springfed River. So even when I'm home, it's just, it's game on. <laughs> I love this is going to be an episode. We're going to be all over the place because I, I just want to catch up with you. But, you know, I'm curious about catch, uh, Texas. You hear a lot about Texas, you know, and, and de- definitely I want to get down there and, and check in with you. But I mean, why is Texas such a cool place? It seems like you hear a lot of people are moving there. They're leaving California. They're heading to Texas. And Texas is, is great. What, what is it? You know, what, are, what do you love about Texas? I think the food and the culture and the music and you're not buried under ice and snow all year yeah. round and rain. Um, no, and this, just the living around here. It's not, I just can't imagine being able to afford something in California. You know, I wish like California is just unbelievable. That coast, Northern coast and whatnot, but Texas has all those things going for it and a great economy. And no, it's a cool place. Uh-huh. And it's one of those, this, understated things of course there's stereotypes about texas and some of those there's a reason those are stereotypes like there's some things that we need to do a lot better and some things i just cover my eyes right. and think oh gosh this is embarrassing about texas like endless cliches or but awesome people and i mean it's the, the state is bigger than spain so there's a, there's a lot of room to ramble on just old history I had a oh an old friend of mine on the podcast. We did a tr- uh, we did an episode on Ecuador, kind of like Ecuador. Com- he's he's been living down in Ecuador for ten years and the conservation stuff. And yeah, it was interesting because he made that point about politics, which we don't talk about here, you know, and stuff. But you know, the fact that it's become so political in this country, even though I think most people don't really, you know, they don't want it to be like that, right? Who wants to be so polarized on the politics? And uh, so I don't think that's really us, but we were kind of, we've come to that place. Do you see, I mean, is that something where you kind of just, you know, down there where you see these places, you just don't turn your eye and just don't think about it too much? Or, or I mean, because it is politics, right? I mean, conservation for some reason is is into that arena. Why Why do you think that is and what do you do about it? Mm, I mean, one thing I've learned in life is I don't have all the answers and that I don't feel like I'm right every, about everything and know everything. But um, I think ultimately I feel like there needs to be equality and human rights as people. Mm-hmm. And down here especially, there's, there's just been some of that going on, even with the um, voters' rights. Right. They've gotten more limited here. Mm. And that's that's not a democracy. No. Like We're better than that. and. The, the women's rights, which is unacceptable, you know, we treat everybody the same, and so that stuff in general, but um, I don't know, I just I just think that one of our goals in life should be to do things better and, and take care of each other better mm-hmm. each day, like as we go through the path of life, so I see it as that, and I think there's so many great things going on too, in addition, but there's always going to be work to do. Yes, that's for sure. Uh, on the last episode, back in uh, episode 80, we talked a little bit about your background. Obviously, you, you know, when you hear your name, River Horse, it definitely you think of kind of Native American. Uh, and your mom, right, was had Cherokee from that side. And it sounds like 
you know, obviously that's your connection to it, but you haven't really embraced that as much as uh, maybe some. I mean, I'm curious about your take because I actually looked at myself since we talked, and I have I have a um, an Indian chief, Chief David, who was uh, Cherokee, uh, like probably five seven generations back, right? So even myself have a little bit. I'm, I'm always curious, and we've been. I'm not sure if you've heard about Superman, Superman hip hop, but he's this Native Amer- uh, American guy doing this amazing uh, hip hop out of uh, like Montana. And uh, we've been following him around the country at his shows. But I'm just curious, again, back to that Native American thing. What is your what is your take? I mean, how do you embrace that? I mean, is it just so entwined to what you do? You, you don't think about it? Get, remind us on that. Well, I mean, my mom was from Sparrowhawk Village, and that's where the Trail of Tears ended. And super sacred place, which I would visit her a lot to do. Um, there's a place called Pinnacle Peak where you do vision quests and... Mm-hmm. and Man, soulful area, but I guess to really answer the question, I, I don't think about all of that stuff. I really just think about me being me, like the essence of me. I don't think about. It's hard to explain, but I love that heritage, and my, you know, I even did a recent DNA test, another one, and it came back Viking, and that I'm 23% indigenous in northern Scandinavia too. So I got man, this huge wild huge wild gene pool of native and viking and i think it's fun to look at it but it's you know i don't think about that i just think let me be the best version of me as a human i love that man i'm so proud of that but i mean i'm a mama's boy she's not here anymore and i just can't imagine a greater gift in life than having such a, a mother who loves you like that so but it's cool i just I just think we're all one I love that. earth, though. You know, I just think we're, I mean, my, like, we're all from something, <laughs> the same something here. Like, I don't don't see it as that, but surely we're, we're from different sections of the world and stuff. I get all that. But I think, you know, with gene pools, imagine even if a couple has a child, like, what are the billions of odds of that one unique child? Like, we're all just this one-off, you know. So I'm a mutt, I'm a wild mutt for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, you're like all of us. No, I lo- and that's a good take on it because I think that, uh, yeah, I will say just like you said, human rights and the, obviously the history with Native Americans and, and the impacts and stuff like that. And there's people really fighting for uh, changes there. But no, I love it. I mean, you've got your focus on the conservation piece. I mean, is that really when you think about what you do, what you're here to do, other than conservation? I mean, is that it? Is that kind of what you think about um, as far as your impact on the world? Oh, yeah. I mean, I just, oddly enough, I've known for years, that's why I'm born. I just want to tell these stories and and be out there in the wilderness and see it. And I just don't think we're here very long in life. I think it goes quick. And like, how many moments do you really have in your life that are just groundbreaking or awe-inspiring? Everybody's so busy on this treadmill. We're just trying to keep the lights on and food on the table and pay for some place to live in. If you got kids, like it's a it's a busy, busy life, and I just, every second I can to get away from that and be out living and immersing myself in it to the hips, that's going to gonna be me. But um, it's, just, it's just unequivocally, like, I feel that's why I'm here, to tell these stories and, and help people and make change for the earth and celebrate it. I just, that's all I want to do. I think about it every day. Wow, that's cool. So that and that's why, yeah, I mean, the Patagonia connection again, going back to that, is why that's such a key, 
a key piece. And I'm sure they realize that too about what you have going. Um, I'm curious. So now you've done a number of things. We haven't talked about everything, but so where are you, you know, what's, what's coming up next? I mean, as you look ahead, do you look ahead like a year, two, three years out or whatever of what you're going to be doing? Or do you just kind of take it day by day? Yeah. I mean, in my journals, I write a lot of notes and thoughts and things that I'm wondering about, I'd like to get to. Um, one cool thing is there's a, a group called the Punch Project, and it's a nonprofit out of Brooklyn. And I think that's Tom Punch and Tanya Stakova and Ian Wallace, and those guys got a hold of me. And they're going to do a project that celebrates food, culture, music, art, and the outdoors. And all the a, a bulk of the profits go to the United Nations Charities. And you've got like former Vice President Al Gore mm. on that board and all that. And so I just, I'm doing a project with them and it's finally moving forward. And, um, that's going to be rad. And uh, what else? I got Peace and Flyfish Journal right now, and then another one coming for them, mm-hmm. and then a project in the Midwest, this adventure coming up. Um, I think you just had Jeff Liskey on there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to go see Jeff uh, over Thanksgiving. Oh, nice. My girlfriend's family is up there, and I'm going to go hang with all those guys, and I'll get to fish with Jeff again, and he's another Patagonia ambassador. Oh, yeah, that's right. He, he he was really inspiring to me. He just said, hey, River Horse, to practice for uh, Thanksgiving up here, go sit in a meat cooler for two days <laughs> and read a book. <laughs> I was like, really, thank, thanks a lot, That's Jeff. awesome. That's, I just can't wait to see you and feel like a block of ice and catch some trout. So those projects, um, I don't know if you know, but I've been playing guitar since I was a little kid, and my house is filled with guitars and old amps, and I write a lot of cool guitar stories about musicians for fretboard journal and ton mm-hmm. quest so i've got i think i've got six of those projects going right now oh wow so you're still doing the uh writing for the for the on the guitar side oh man i'm crazy for music and guitars and just you know those two guitars right by the bed so that um that company meat eater those hunting that hunting oh yeah They've got a fishing show, the Bent Podcast, and they have me on there doing readings. I think I've already been on like six times, and so doing. I think I'm on that show tomorrow. Huh? There's just so many cool things going on. I just I can't even wrap my head. Around. I'm just you're low. Yeah, that sounds like you have. Yeah, I mean you have a ton of stuff going on. That's like a. I mean, enough projects for anybody to, to keep them going, probably for a, probably for five or ten years. Um, so let, let's go back to the Boundary Waters uh, to kind of talk about that again. So we 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 know things are going good. Remind us again. So what can somebody do now if they? I mean, is there anything we can do right now to help this movement? What, what should we do if you wanted to give somebody one one action? You betcha. Just hop on SaveTheBoundaryWaters.com, and that's going to tell you everything you need to know. There's a link to petitions. There's updates. You can get on their email list. and um, There's going to be a public comment period coming soon. You know, and anybody that loves fishing in the outdoors, all you got to do is get on there and say, yeah, let's not put a mine there. So that's the number. I mean, those guys, those guys have done... They've got it all together. Even Sportsman for the Boundary Waters is one of their subgroups. And BHA, Backcountry Hunter and Anglers work with those guys. So that's the source. And, and those are the guys who are just in it, making it happen. Yeah, that's awesome. I was listening to a podcast. It was, um, I think it was a, 
and actually a boundary, I think it was the Boundary Waters podcast. There's some couple of guys, it was the first time I listened to it. And, um, and they were doing an episode on this mine. And it was interesting because their take was, although I think, you know, they got back into, they were supportive of, you know, kind of not letting it go forward. But they were just talking about how they estimate like a trillion, there's a trillion dollars tied up in, in, the, the, in the mines there. And they're just saying kind of pessimistic, like, well, really, are we really going to stop this thing? And, uh, and it just gets you thinking, right, the power of, of, the do- of the dollar and all that stuff. But you feel pretty confident right now that we're, we are, this thing's not going anywhere in, in this foreseeable future. No, we're going to win that battle. We got this. Was that that Tumble Home podcast? Yes, exactly. Those guys drink beer for the first 20 minutes of their podcast. <laughs> I know. That's what I was listening to. When I was listening, I was like, wait a minute. What, what's going on? I had to fast forward because it was like they didn't even get into the, the episode. Then they started talking about the money thing, saying like, well, I don't know, man. There's a trillion dollars. I was like, whoa, whose side are they on? They eventually got into it and were you know, supportive uh, of it. But it, yeah, those guys, I, I'm not sure about this. I think they need to do less drinking and more, uh, more, more uh, I don't know, getting into the topic maybe. <laughs> No, but those guys are awesome, but they start, they start their show. I mean, they give you a wealth of information about adventures there. They start their show with, our sponsor today is, and they just, you hear them drinking <laughs> beers. And, exactly. You know, those guys are great. They're, I mean, they're guides. Oh, they're, they are. They walk the, yeah, they live up there. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I think Clearwater Outfitters, I think that's where they're based out. I know, I've never met them, but I appreciate what they're doing. It's the same as with you, Dave. I mean. You think it's easy? I just, I'm so thankful for you being out there and doing this work and celebrating all our community and our voices. And that's what you're doing. It's beautiful work and it's meaningful and we need you. Yep. You know, this stuff, this, this is how change happens and this is how we take care of each other. So exactly. I just think you're a rock star. Dude, yeah, thank you, man. It's been, uh, you know, kind of like you, it's been, it's the passion. I mean, if I didn't, if I didn't love fly fishing and outdoors and, and podcasting so much, there's no way I could do this. But it's that you know that's what keeps me going and and just talking and telling stories. I mean, and so it's fun for me. If it wasn't fun, that's the thing about podcasts. I always say, if you're gonna get into podcasts, which everybody should, everybody should have their own podcast. Um, just find something you're passionate about. You know, that's the number one thing. In fact, I recently launched another podcast. This shows you how crazy I am. Uh, that is all about my family, and I'm just gonna I'm interviewing slowly. Uh, family members to, to learn more about my family, you know, the, the extended family. And, and it's just kind of crazy, right? It seems pretty extreme, but I recently interviewed my mom, right? In this podcast, it's just so my kids and my kids, kids can listen to this. And, um, you know, I learned a bunch of stuff from my mom. I mean, I've, it's my mom, right? But I didn't know everything about her. So there's always a story, you know, and, and today I'm hoping to get a story out of you. Like, you know, I, I was thinking about if I could get one story from you, because you've got so many, one thing we haven't touched on too much is steelhead. Right. And you have I know because of your your dad. Right. Who basically raised you, who was this amazing guy who taught a lot, uh, you know, your writings. Tell me a steelhead story. Do you do you have anything? I'm not even sure if you steelhead fish much anymore, but do you do you have something that sticks out on a, a cool steelhead story? Yeah, I mean, I'm a bass fisherman from Texas with a canoe. I don't have a, a dearth of steelhead stories. But the cool thing is when I was a little boy, um, I mean, my mom fell in love when I was a kindergartner. So the guy who married her was a steelhead fisherman from Portland, grew up in Oregon, and his father was a great fisherman. So I got a dad and a grandpa, 
And they had a house, a little fishing cabin, kind of near you. It was um, right by that Neocani Mountain. And this is in the 50s, but of course, you know, I came along in the 70s. So every summer I would go up there and hang with those guys. And, you know, I didn't know how to fly fish yet or anything, but that's what Grandpa and Dad did. And so I'd tag along on adventures that they were on. But did you ever hear the story about my first day where they let me go over the Columbia Bar in the boat? No. I got up early. I was so excited. They were finally going to let me go out in the ocean. And I got in the cupboard. I was hungry. It's like 3 a.m. And I'm ready to go fishing. <laughs> and I found a case of Twinkies. <laughs> and I ate them all. Once I started, I was like, oh, I'll just have another one. At that point, <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, they're going to they're gonna be mad at me for eating all these. So I just took them down. And we went out in the boat. And it was a real rough day. And I was chum city. Like, they were not happy with me and took me back home. But that was the beginning of my <laughs> kind of salmon fishing experience and steelhead in Oregon. But there you go. The cool story is, and the one I'll never forget, I told it at my grandpa's funeral, is that we're leaving. We're in Portland and we're going down the road at 60 some miles an hour. That gorgeous, what is that, Highway 26 at Oregon Coast? Oh, man. Beautiful and nearby rivers. And all of a sudden, you can see the river out the right side, and I'm in the back seat. Dad and Grandpa are up front. Grandpa says, hey, pull it over. There's going to be a couple trout behind that rock. And I'm back there laughing. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, right. You know, 60 miles an hour, you know where a fish <laughs> is looking out there. So they pull over the car. Grandpa hops out, puts his rod together. My dad jumps out, lifts the trunk of the back, pulls out a teeny little burner like a skillet and a barbecue thing <laughs> grandpa walks down there i'm just watching this dumbfounded sticks two beautiful rainbows brings them back they cut them up cook them and we have breakfast there for about an hour wow and then we take off and i don't say anything all the time i'm like did that really like <laughs> how how beautifully zen is that you're going down the road at 60 and you look and you see a little little cut bank and a rock and and you know some oxygen bubbles and you think, pull over, there's two trout right there. Wow, that is cool. <laughs> so I thought, okay, okay, this is beautiful. Yeah, that sounds like, uh, well, and, and I think of you now because that video on the Boundary Waters, I think, well, some of the videos you see, you'll pop out a little stove, a little, I don't know what it is, one of your little burners and do the same thing, right? So it sounds like you're you're kind of like living that same life. Is that kind of what how you see it? For sure, for sure, but even... So I spent every summer as a little boy in Oregon. We'd drive there from Austin and even on up through high school. And they just unleashed me in the ocean and sand ends. And that's how I became a surfer. And oh. I don't know if you know, but um, that surfing owned my life for so many years. Like, not just fly fishing. And I had a, I was one of Surfing Magazine's five assignment writers. So I just, I lost my mind. Like every penny, every penny I made went to plane tickets to just go around the world. And was this before playing the guitar, or have you always played the guitar before that? Guitar started before. You know, I was like twelve years old, just wanting to crank it. So, I mean, if you grow up in Austin, you better play. That's music, guitar, but yeah, yeah, that's right. And will is Willie still the king down there? He's awesome. He's a, he's that guy. I mean, I just can't imagine when he's gone. I just try not. To. I know. You know, or when Billy Gibbons of ZZ's gone, you know, Stevie's gone. But that's fine. I mean, we're all going to be out of here at some point. But uh, Texas, something about Texas guitarists, they, they've got it going on. 
Yeah. What What about um, What about JT Van Zandt? I mean, I know Towns was obviously a huge name. Does Does he play? I haven't talked to him yet. Does he play? Does he play music? Um, he does for himself. He and I are great old friends, and we've played songs together late into the night and fished together. And you know, it's a small world. Like I love him dearly, and we've had some good times together. But I, JT's calling is on the water as a fly fisherman. That's that's his calling. You know, yeah, he's so. Well, River Horse, I, I feel like, um, I mean, uh, it's one of those things where you, you got so much going on, it's hard to dig into any one topic. I mean, th- I think the Boundary Waters, like we said, if we want to dig in deeper to that, we can head over to that website, uh, follow up there. If we want to follow you, um, we can follow you on Instagram. What's your what's your handle on Instagram? Um, it's really tough. It's River Horse Nakadate. There you go. There you go, Nakadate. Yeah, yeah, we got that. Okay, and so we could we could follow some of the stuff you're you're doing there. I mean, what would you say if, if somebody here is listening and they want to, you know, again, like we're talking about, make a difference in you got the Boundary Waters thing. What what else would you recommend somebody listening now if they want to help this this whole movement and help protect all these species that are you know kind of threatened? Oh, I love that question. And the big thing to do is grassroots local community all these things like wherever you live there's somebody that needs you some little Mm -hmm. group there's something you care about you know whether it's trout unlimited or redfish cca and um find those local little grassroots there's always things we need to do better and work on in our communities do things that are and then you'll have you know you'll meet people and you'll, you'll feel that progress and stuff you don't have to do things on a worldwide level do things in your own backyard and your home and i mean i know that you know just from oregon you got so many things you could work on with logging and steelhead and water issues and this is just right up you know so do things in your home and community be there for the people find that group of community that's it that's the perfect answer and that's the same answer that my buddy greg on the ecuador Asked him the same thing, and he said just the same thing. He said, "Focus on your local community because that's that's kind of where it all starts." And so that's a good. And, and Trout Unlimited, obviously, they're one of the the best. You know, they're spread out throughout the country, doing some great stuff there. So, yeah. What um, I I guess I, I was curious on the Fly Fish Journal because I haven't uh, kept up. Is is the editor who is the current editor? Oh, it's Jason Rolf. Who he runs? You saw us when we came and did those writers tours and reading. Are those tours, I know obviously we're still in, in COVID, the COVID, wherever we're at with COVID, but um, I mean, is that is that coming back? I know Jason, uh, I haven't seen uh, any plans. Are they do, They're not doing any like online stuff or do you have any plans for that? Yeah, I just talked to Jason a couple of weeks ago and everybody's raring up. And again, like, you know, different people fund those and support them like Patagonia and Yakima. Mm-hmm. But we're going to do it. It's just, we just need to, be a little safer and wait a little longer, perhaps. And we'll get through this stuff. It's a dark time, but you know, it's, to me, it can get really dark. And then when the light comes, boy, that light's beautiful. So we'll be there. I would like to go to some different cities and read those stories. So yeah, where are the where are the cities you guys have been to? A lot of um, hey, give us a rundown on that writers on the fly. Like, where have you been to? And then where are the cities where you you think you guys would like to the new ones you like to go to? Um, Ben, Portland, you know, Seattle, Emerald Waters Flesh Up, all the way up to Bellingham. Then we went into Vancouver, which was really fun, across the Canadian border. And some things happened there that were interesting. This guy, uh, 
we were just in a tough neighborhood in Vancouver, and this guy charged in and threatened to beat us all up, and he had drugs and stuff, and I forget who was reading, but I was by the door then, so I just chased the guy out, and it was the most exciting moment in that tour anyway, but wow, always something. We saw you in Portland? Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see, was it Portland? I think it might have been, God, yeah, it was Portland. That's right. What a cool little bar. And so a good thing to say about Riders on the Fly is that all those events are 100% nonprofit. Like wherever, whatever town we're in, it goes to some local group or charity. Like nobody, you know, we're just there reading those stories to celebrate and have a beer together and do something good for that that local community. And um, Patagonia has a, <clears throat> a website called ActionWorks. And they have, they're trying to like build this up where they can, if you go on that site, they can tell you things to do in your local community and connect with people too. I just remembered that. So pretty cool. But I mean, I'm not sure you sense that theme in my work, just trying to do good and connect with those people. And, and that writer's on the fly, geez, that's to read those stories live and to feel that crowd. And those are beautiful nights. And you know, with me, I'm going to, I'm going to have some rowdy stuff in there that's fun. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we joked we joked the last time about your your love story or your fishing love story, which is funny. I'll put I'll put some links where I can find them in the show notes so people can check out and listen to some of that stuff. I'm talking about bass yoga? <laughs> yeah, bass yoga. Bass yoga. You had us going. You had us going there. It was it was funny. It was definitely uh you know, I I think everybody felt a little uncomfortable, but then you broke out the punchline. It was perfect. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Before the pandemic hit, um, do you remember Tom Skerritt, the actor who was the father and River Runs Through It? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tom's huge. Yep. So he's got a foundation for wounded soldiers. I think it's called the Red Badge Project or something. And um, they had got a hold of me and said, hey, do you, we want you to come do a reading here at this country club. And Tom Skerritt's going to introduce you and there's free wine and they're going to cater it. And it's over the water and Mercer Island. And as if that gig could ever come back once the pandemic's gone, can you imagine Tom Skerritt oh my introducing you or really? That'd be amazing. Uh, so I want that, that gig to come back. Oh, yeah. I love Tom Skerritt. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and Duda, and I, I called Duda. <laughs> oh, yeah. Duda and Dylan Tamina. I said, hey, you guys so want to be a part of this and read? And there's like, the only way this gig would get better if it were on some pacific island or something i said yeah this is cool there you go god you guys got a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff to look forward to I, i'm curious you know uh, as we take this out of here we occasionally talk a little about you know people are listening here that maybe they want to follow a little bit not necessarily your footsteps but they may want to follow their passion you know maybe they're doing something that they're not totally stoked on how, how what, what tip would you give somebody to, to help them you know, I mean, obviously your journey has been, you've probably given a lot to get to where you are, uh, but would you give any, give any advice to anybody that wants to maybe jump and follow their passion? Yeah, I mean, the first thing is to just use your head about it. I mean, there's an old saying that the rabbit doesn't leave his hole till he knows where the next one is, hmm. which just basically means, hey, just be safe, like take care of your, you know, health and life and your finances. So don't just say, oh, take this job and shove it, I'm out of here and I'm going to go fishing and think that life will magically work out. You know, all of us have to do some sort of work and serve each other and community. And, but all that said, like what, I mean, the only thing I've really figured out is that while we're here, love is all that matters. So mm -hmm. if you love 
a person or helping out at animal shelters or you love the water or fly fishing, music, you got to do those things while you're here. Like we don't have a second life. We don't have a second chance at this. So do make those changes in your life and figure out a way to go be that person and do those things. Or at the least, you know, don't sit on the couch and watch TV. Get out there and chase chase those dreams and never look back with regret. Yeah, that's right. No TV, no, um, there's all sorts of crazy stuff out there. I recently heard, I don't even want to talk about it, but, um, you know, new shows, like there's some show called squid game, which is on Netflix is like the greatest show ever there. But, um, I love that you said love is love, right? Love again. I forgot about that. You know, I think you mentioned on that last one. I going back to Superman, I want to tell this story because it was pretty powerful to us We're I've got a couple of little girls they are seven and nine. And, and we did the show. We drove all the way out to Wyoming to see Superman, right? Do this live show. And, uh, and he's just this cool native American hip hop artist. And, uh, and he's all about bringing the audience, getting them uh, into his stuff. And we were right in the front row, right up on stage. I was with my kids and he said, I need five, uh, you know, people to come off a stage. And, and my daughter, nine years old, raised her hand, came up on stage and he took a track. He see from each kid, he said, okay, give me, give me a word, something that whatever means something to you. And then he, he cop, you know, he saved that and then he put it into his hip hop. And then he, he rapped with those words. He made a whole song while we were sitting there. And my daughter said, love is the answer. That was her, that was her words. You know what I mean? It was like, he kept playing. Love is the answer. Love is the answer. Um, but you feel the same way is love. So it is for, for you. It's, it's the answer. For sure. For sure. You know, what feels like that in life, a hand to hold or hug somebody. And um, when I saw you, I probably gave you a big-ass hug. Like, I don't want to be that person that doesn't tell the people I care about them how much I love them. And freak, I mean, hugs are hugs are a beautiful thing. So, um, man, I just, I, I know I think it's unique because I love that sense of community and having those kindred souls. Like, we talked about JT and, and mm-hmm. Duda and other friends of mine, but... At the same time, I worry. I'm like, wow, I just love it out there in the wild. And I know I'm really capable of disappearing for a long time. So right. I got it. I got it. It's good to have the yin yang and blend that. And I think, big picture, I've got so many of these stories written and, and journals that I, I want to put them into a book very soon. Like, I, I feel like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a year to be off the grid big time and just to really get these stories right in these books i got so many stories that haven't been shared but even that fly fish uh journal movie that they did with me following me around texas i titled that love and water so same theme like we're saying same thing is that going to be the title what, what would be what would be the title of your book when it comes out oh well, who knows i mean i have i have three things written down but let me just get to it and I'm sure there'll be just giant publishing agencies fighting over it too. So we'll have to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's going to be huge. It's going to be, so you don't currently, you, you don't have a book currently. This will be your first book. Yeah, but I don't, but I've got all these stories I've saved. I think I'm coming up on 200 publications, magazines that I've written for and been in. And I just did my 25th fly fish journal piece. Like I've got way more than a book out there with, with work and stories I haven't told. So um, I'm getting to it. <laughs> you know Brian, Brian O'Keefe? Oh, yeah. He's a great friend of mine. And I mean, just, just the section with the O'Keefe adventures and stories I've got. I, I just, I can't wait to 
put that nice. stuff together. And this is going to be awesome. So, but that comes down to time, you know, when you're making these movies and doing these projects and tours, and you got to get out there to, to be outside and fish to nurture the soul anyway, to be that person that's inspired. So, but I, I think this is a point in my life where it's time to move forward with that stuff. Yeah, that is the that's the challenge with with you. Well, I, we recently had uh, the Cheech from Fly Fish. We were talking about fly tying and stuff, but he made the good point. I asked him about books. We were talking about books as well, and he just said, you know, he could write a book and it would take a long time and do everything. But uh, the videos they do have so much more reach. You know, it's totally different than what you're talking about because obviously you're a you're a writer, so having a book makes a lot of sense um, in that case. I'm curious. So poetry, when you think about your poetry, do you have anything potentially you could read right now or something short you might give us just as we head out of here? This is, put, oh, this is definitely putting you on the spot. I wish. I'd love to read something right there. I'm, I'm not even near anything. Oh, right you're not now. near anything. Okay. No, even my writing desk and my, like, just there are stacks and stacks of books. I think I've gone through some 70 books in the last eight weeks I've read. and Really? I'm just crazy. You, you can't even believe the stacks. Like, I got to. Wow. I got to move some of these books. I love reading. And that's one thing. If, if you're that person that doesn't get a lot of time outside, that you have those small moments where you can just pick up a book and disappear somewhere. Dylan Tomina's new book's coming out in February. I can't wait to read that. He's oh, one no of kidding. you guys is up there. So, yeah. There you go. No, I'd love to do a reading for you guys. I live for that stuff. Let's do this then. Let, let's save this. We'll put a, um, we'll figure something out. Maybe we'll bring you back on for a short reading and we'll do like a little bonus episode. Could we do something like that? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm all in. Let's, I wish it was. Day. okay <laughs> yeah yeah let, let's set that up i'll tee that up and then the way this works this will work easy i'll just put a link out to it so in the future people can just click over and and listen to it but um for now i guess people are gonna have to wait they're gonna have to <laughs> you know subscribe to the show sort of thing and follow us but um no this has been great river horse I, I again i i knew we were gonna jump around here but the point today was really on the conservation piece and i think hidden with your local community starting there is a great place and um yeah, if they want to dig into more with you, they could follow you on on Instagram. And um, yeah, man, anything you want to leave us with? Uh, maybe mu- uh, uh, music or anything before we head out of here. I, I know you. I asked you about music last time. You gave me, I think, ten different uh, groups or bands. Um, do, do you have any anybody or any song you want to? As we head out of here, we could put in the show notes. Sure. I mean, I just went to a vinyl store last weekend sat by and got a bunch of old stuff and i had picked up that crosby stills nash and young vinyl deja vu yep deja vu and it fires off of that song carry on you know i want people out there to carry on in their lives like i know it's a challenging time and it's funky but ever since we've been here on this planet things have been funky don't ever let that stop you from being you and letting your light shine on the path so that that those guys, when they just kick in and that song carry on and they're harmonizing and that's a cool one. I've been cranking that around the old bungalow this week. And as far as any last parting wisdom, I just, I love all you guys in our community. And I just, sometimes I feel like the police are going to show up at my house <laughs> and say, river horse, come out with your hands up, give us all the fly rods and the canoes, guitars. Like we got you, you're having too much fun in your life. And, I just worry that's a nightmare of mine. They're like, no, you can't. This life seems too good sometimes. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's amazing. I love that you 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 mentioned left that there. You also just want to touch on this. You have a a lady in your life because I think last time maybe you didn't have a uh, you know a permanent uh, something uh, long term. How, how's this thing looking? Are you are you looking? It's uh, kind of uh, making this a, a permanent deal. Oh man, she's hung up for a couple of years, and I think you know the big thing is who wants to be with a guy who sleeps in the dirt all over the world and does all his things and as wild as me like i think i don't blame anybody for not wanting to be a part of that you know yeah Um, until you find that person that loves that that wants to do the same thing right yeah or it just says hey go be you do your thing when when she doesn't want to come along in the canoe and and the storms and lightning and mosquitoes and (laughs) so she's awesome i have no predictions on where life will take me i just feel so freaking thankful for all the great times we've already had and just like gosh i mean how lucky to have somebody to hang like that so i would hope that she puts up with me longer (laughs) yeah (laughs) nice man all right well i'm gonna leave this until we uh until the next one that poetry read we'll get that in there and um yeah i just want to thank you you know uh again for all the work you're doing i we don't do enough conservation episodes here. I'm going to continue doing more of them. We have a little series that I'm going to hopefully start here. Um, and I'm not sure what I'm going to call it, but it's going to do a little more on the conservation side. And yeah, man, you've, you've been doing an awesome job in Patagonia and everybody else. So just want to say thank you from, from me and, and everybody else. Keep, keep up the great work. Right on, brother. I just sent you a giant big backpacker hug through the ether, man. I love you guys. So there you go. If you want to find all the show notes, links, and everything else we covered, head over to wetflyswing.com slash 266, 266. Uh, Just a reminder, please share this episode if you can. This would be a great way to help this word-of-mouth movement we have going uh, to keep it going strong and reach some new people out there, maybe help a few people in fly fishing, and maybe help conserve a few more areas around this, uh, this country. That'd be amazing if you could do that. All right, I'm out of here, River Horse. Uh, thanks again for the great episode. We're going to be bringing him on. This is a little bonus that um, I didn't mention, but we're going to have a poetry read uh, in the soon, the not-too-distant future. This is going to be a little bonus that's coming out, so click that subscribe button if you want to hear uh, River Horse with, uh, with a little, I don't know, sure if it's going to be uh, a recent uh, piece or something older or whatever he has, but uh, stay tuned for that. Thanks again for your support. Hope to maybe see you online or on the river. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com.